This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we discuss pursuing marriage when you have no role models. For this episode, I will be joined by my husband, Junior Smith. Are you thinking of getting married but fear that you may not be successful because you didn't have a good example? Maybe you had no example at all, a really negative example, or you saw marriage but it wasn't a healthy marriage. If you want to build a marriage and feel that your toolbox is empty or you have the wrong tools, it is still possible to be successful in marriage and have a healthy long-lasting relationship. In this episode, Junior and I discuss non-examples of marriage, our positive and negative role models, the importance of role models in marriage, and tips that can help you pursue marriage despite the absence of role models. Without further ado, I would like to reintroduce to the podcast my husband, Junior Smith. Hello, hello, welcome. Glad to be back here on the show one more time. Um, you know, the, the, the views, the ratings, you know, statistics, analytics said that people love me. Um, so I'm back. I'm back to to be more vulnerable. Who said people love you? That was what the analytics say. Then, people really appreciate. I have a breath of fresh air. So I'm here to breathe <laughs> again. <sighs> Don't breathe on my mic, first of all. Second of all, analytics didn't say anything about that. So relax, okay? Um, thank you for, you know, coming back to my platform. Uh, just remember that. I like what you've done with the place though. It's very, <laughs> I'm actually afraid of doing this episode with you because just the level you've taken this podcast to is really, it's, it's great to see what you're doing. So keep going. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, let's not dilly dally. All right. The, the podcast is, is 30 minutes sharp is a tight 30 wow <laughs> this episode might be a little bit longer because you know you're joining me and that's okay um also for you know the avid listeners um it's going to be a little bit different than the format that you may be used to you know usually i you know have things very cut and dry and you know i like things orderly but junior i think brings the um fun and spontaneity to my life so it's going to be a little bit more um spontaneous just setting expectations here. Ready? Mm-hmm. So first, we're going to start off with our initial experience with marriage and kind of how it shaped our view of marriage. So and the fact that we didn't really have role models to a healthy marriage when we first started out. So um, 
I talked about this a lot on the, you know, the podcast and my experience with, with my first experience with marriage, usually that for people that's parents, right? If your parents were married, that's usually your first view of marriage. So for me, um, my parents got divorced at nine, hold on, no, my parents got separated when I was nine years old and I think their divorce was like official. I feel like I was like 13 or something. Like, you know, divorce is expensive, bruh. Just letting y'all know, <laughs> divorce is not cheap. And it's just, it's, it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of hoopla that goes with it. Um, So they were separated at nine and divorced at 13, something around that age, something like that, before I was in high school. So for me, I feel like a lot of my childhood was the end of their divorce, like when it was all kind of like spiraling out. Okay. So I don't remember like happy times. times. Yeah, 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 because I was already so young. So I have four siblings and I'm the youngest. So my sister seen the entire thing, right? She's there from jump from Adam, my eldest sister, you know, and then my brothers, they have a different experience of it. But for me, you know, if they're getting separated at nine, I'm only, I only got consciousness starting at what, three, four? Yeah. Right? So I really only got like three four solid good you know yeah three good years yeah three good years of like you know seeing what their relationship was like so for me i think a majority of what i saw was negative unhealthy. yeah like the unhealthy stuff do you remember unhealthy stuff when you were younger like do you remember i do i do you remember I, seeing them fight uh, yes i saw them fight a lot dang I saw them fight a lot. Um, and like the biggest one was just like it like it was near physical. So you feel the tension. Yeah. And you were in your room. No, we were all out there. We were and all they were arguing there. right just like that. Yeah. About yeah, to yeah. throw blows. Oh yeah, it was near physical. But I think that wasn't the impact that I that it had on me. I think the way they did divorce had a bigger impact on me than their actual marriage. Okay. Right? Because, like, their divorce was so toxic. Well, what happened after the divorce was toxic. No. The way your mom was speaking to you about your father. No, but that's what I'm saying. That was that period of, like, separation till divorce. Because, so, what happened was, after they got separated, it got nasty. Yeah. You know? Then they got divorced, and then it just got quiet. Like, they just act like they didn't exist. Like, each other didn't exist. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but that, like, four or five years, let me see, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah, like, five years of, like, before the papers were signed, I feel like it was just nasty. But on both sides or just one side? Um, I mean, in my experience, I feel like it was one side. Yeah, I think even after the divorce, it was still one side. It was still one side, but I'm not going to, you know... Yeah, it takes two to tangle. It takes two to tangle, and I do think my dad was quiet on certain things that maybe he shouldn't have been as quiet on. I feel like my dad could have fought a little bit harder. You know, there's certain things I think my dad could have do, even though he wasn't as hot like my mom, because my mom was hothead. Yeah. You know, so I give him that. So he wasn't, like, you know, out there bickering and da-da-da-da doing all that stuff, but he was definitely quiet mm-hmm. you know and not as active as he could have been yeah. in regards to his children and other things like that right because he took a he took a back seat which i get because yeah. if somebody is fiery mm. you don't want to these, these are your kids you can't just be complicit you i know? agree yeah i agree i agree yeah. so um so i learned more about their divorce than their marriage because I, I didn't spend a lot of time 
you know, really seeing how well, they function I, I, married. I didn't notice how similar our stories were. Oh, so yeah, I saw, um, I saw my mom like do the wifely things, you know, cook, yes. clean and stuff like that. Um, and I saw my dad do the dad things, right? Work, you know, and he was, he was a fun, cool dad too. He played and, and did all those things. Wow. But I think, so for me, seeing that negative divorce and marriage, it didn't turn me off to marriage. No. Yeah. It me neither. It didn't turn me off to marriage. It was just like, oh, I am not ever going to do this. Like, that's, I think that's how I thought. Like, uh, so again, I was really young, but I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm never going to, I just don't ever want to be in this position. Yes. But I always felt like, oh, I do want to get married. Um, And I kind of took away from it, like, even though my parents kind of had a wild ride, <laughs> I still want to get married, but I don't want to do it like them. Yeah. You know, but what it left me with was no tools, right? Because I'm like, oh, I still want to get married. I don't want to do it like them, but... I don't know how to do it. Junior always says, like, don't describe something by what it's not. Can't compile enough non-examples to be an efficient example. Okay. Like, you need to have an example. (laughs) With the words, yes, thank you. You need to have an example so people can, you know... People can understand your vision and know what you're trying to say. The non-example of my parents' marriage was not enough for me to have an example. Oh, I don't want to do that. So now I'm going to go do marriage. How? Yeah. How? I'm going to go the opposite direction, which usually always takes you right back to what you're trying to escape. Come on. Because you're focused on it. Come on. You're going to slowly but surely kind of ebb that way Uh until you you know repeat that yeah so so that was my experience with you know marriage and how it kind of like affected my perspective on um my experience with my parents marriage parents sorry marriage, yeah that affected how i thought about marriage and so ours is the same it's similar you think so yeah for sure so you know long story short tldr is that you had a marriage that you observed that wasn't the best example, but it didn't deter you from wanting to be married. What is TLDR? Too long didn't read. <laughs> the post be too long. Why? I didn't read. Why it. do you know all this stuff? Like all these little like... TLDR man. That's you're what people like, say. You're low key a white girl on the inside. No, no. You acronym That's everything. What people, no, I didn't know. I didn't make the acronym. <laughs> That's an acronym. Look it up. That's what people say. Look okay. People text. Go ahead. TLDR. After a long post, uh-huh. but. So, yeah, it was interesting that you said you observed, like, the turning point of your parents' marriage mm-hmm. and you were left with no tools. The marriage that I observed was not a marriage at all. I did mm. not observe a marriage. Yeah. Right? So, my story is, you know, growing up, the relationship between my mom and my dad was an abusive one. And so, I did not observe love. I did not observe hugs. I did not see them kiss. I did not hear them say, I love you. You never seen any type of affection? I didn't see any type of affection. Oh, wow. I didn't see them buy each other gifts, celebrate anniversaries, celebrate each other's birthday. Oh, wow. I didn't see anything. So the only resemblance of a marriage was that my mom cooked and cleaned and like put his food out on the table mm-hmm. and like try to call him you know, a nickname every now and then. And basically did what he told her to do. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's the only thing I had. That's what I was holding on to when I when I got married. I have a quick question then. Do you think that a marriage can be a successful marriage without all those things that you named? I only ask that because in Caribbean culture, we're both from Caribbean background. Sometimes it's different. You without, know what I'm saying? No, you can't have, without so, love. No, not without the love, but without the anniversaries and the gifts and the you know affection and stuff like that. Just on a cultural. No. No. Okay. No, I mean that's gonna be a partnership mm-hmm. because it's cold without all those things I mentioned. Okay. It's okay. cold. Okay. So yeah, no, I was holding on to like, okay, I'm in a marriage when I have a wife that like feeds me and like cleans. That's mm. it. That's all I had. Yeah. Like my, my dad was such a bad, um, non was such a good non example. Mm. I couldn't use anything that he showed me, or else I'd be laying my hands on people. So. I had literally had to just start from scratch. So, um, but I, I told myself, I'm going to get married. I'm just going to be careful with who I get married to yeah. or try to be more careful. I don't want to say my mom wasn't careful. Um, it was actually a friend that my dad was interested in my mom's friend. Yeah. My mom's friend was not interested in him. And so she passed them along to my mom. Dang. Church friend. It'd be your friends. It'd be your friends. My mom went on a date with him. Wow. And that's how that's how they met. That's how they got started. But but yeah, I know I said I'm I'm gonna get married, but I'm gonna just make sure that the person I marry is gonna be that person for life. Like that's why I think it's super important. Like, even in our relationship, I try my best to like keep the friendship alive because I want this to be consistent through life because i want you to be consistent through life so so even as a man you didn't have any fears with like given your father's background you know in marriage you didn't have any fears going like as far as like you know making that big commitment and being able to like be a good man and stuff like being a man or a husband like get married a husband, a oh husband. <clears throat> no I I didn't have any fears. Unfortunately, I just did exactly what my dad did. My dad got married and had kids. And he yeah. was abusive. Uh-huh. And he would tell us he's better than his dad. Mm-hmm. Who couldn't even buy shoes. Who refused to buy shoes to put on his feet. He bought me plenty of shoes. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was doing better. Yeah. And I just said, hey, I'm going to just be better than that guy. So I was that was my plan. Like, just be better than him. Yeah. And... You know, that's foolish. Like I said before earlier, like you're so focused on not becoming somebody, you don't realize that you're slowly making a 180 right back to that person. Yeah. Because, because you're focusing on them. Yeah. Whatever you focus on, that's what that's what you're gonna become. And so slowly but surely I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna just like do the things my dad did, but just be better. But instead of like being a man that would put my hands on my wife, I was just super stringent. Mm. I had no flexibility. Mm. I thought that's better than what my dad did. He was like enforcing his rules with his hands and with his mouth. I just like said no, and that that meant no. And I, and I wasn't able to listen to reason or listen to you know my wife trying to influence me. But I thought that was better. So no, I didn't. I thought I had it down packed getting married. Ah, oh, just don't be like him. Yeah, that was my that was my plan. Dang, we the same for real. <laughs> yeah, that was it was a terrible plan. Uh huh. Yeah. I think it's interesting that we kind of had the same thing in mind, right? Which is like, okay, the non-example, but we had no tools in our toolbox. Like, we had 
nothing negative tools <laughs> we had nothing to go off of but that's not true is it for you no because um and i don't think that's totally true for me either because outside of my parents relationship yeah. as i started getting older and became a teenager there was um one relationship and that was actually my youth my youth pastor and his wife their relationship was i think a positive example and to be honest it probably was the only positive example that i had i think just love yeah at that time it was hard i know they were had a lot of hardships you know but i just they just loved each other yeah and they were kind to each other and they talked to each other. Yeah. It wasn't anything like super special. Like he was overly romantic. And you know, she was. Because it was real. That's yeah, why. I guess so. Because it was real. It was legitimate. I you guess know? so. Maybe that's what it was. But that was my only other example where I felt like. You know, I didn't realize how much of a privilege it is mm. that we were able to be exposed mm. to le real legitimate relationships. Yeah. Because yeah, my, my parent life. Not my parent life, but yeah, my life at home was was rough and terrible. Yeah. Right? But I was exposed to so many other healthy relationships, primarily at church, mm -hmm. because that's where I spent a lot of my time. And that's where I really got the chance to like see people on a daily basis, right? In their relationships. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday, Friday, you know, going over to their house and seeing how they how they uh treat their wife at home. Yeah, how they yeah, treat yeah, their husband yeah, at home. Yeah. You know, when they have guests over. So I was exposed, man, to a lot of healthy relationships um, via church leaders, you know, at my church. Yeah. And I didn't realize, like, just simply being exposed to the right thing mm -hmm. can be enough. You know, you don't know how much um, or how little exposure one person may need to be able to be like, oh, that's it. And I'm going to be able to, like, kind of shift that way. Yeah. You know, so you said you only had one example. I did. Yeah, just one. Yeah, and that's all. In, that's all you needed. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know what's so interesting? When you see it done right, you remember. Mm. You take a pause. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said the comment earlier. Like, just one exposure to one good example can be all it takes to help a person really learn what they're looking for. Yeah. Right, because they need to see it modeled for them. Yes. Right? So, you know, you're living your life right or you're treating your right, you're treating your wife right or you're loving on your kids. Somebody sees that in the park and they're like, "Oh, I got to stop and notice this is different." Mm. And you when you see the right thing, you can't help but stop and notice it. Yeah, I think um definitely like role models in marriage is kind of like they kind of help smooth the path before you have to walk it. Right. Because um, sometimes, you know, there's glass and shards and rocks and yes. all this stuff on the path. Right. And the people ahead of you, they they walk through that already. Yes. Right. So they kind of smoothen it out. And if you if you're following them or if you're not necessarily to the T of everything that they're doing, but really trying to learn from them and gain the wisdom from them, it can help your marriage to just be a little bit smoother. It can. Right. Because, you know, hey, this didn't work, this worked. Let me try this out. Yeah, know? no, for sure. They say like, oh, well, sex is going to be a sensitive subject. So you want to be honest about it and you want to be um, sensitive or cons or consider the other person's feelings when you talk about it. Yeah. There you go. They just helped you avoid like 20 pitfalls because mm -hmm. you was about to go in there and say like, hey, listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. 
What you thought it was, it ain't. <laughs> and that would have blown up in your face. Yeah. I have one more question before we move on to the tips. Can you talk about specifically men and having no role models in marriage? Because I think that as a woman, um, sometimes when you hear a man come from a, a broken home or divorced home, you you may think immediately that they have commitment issues, that they have yeah. communication issues, that they have all these different type of issues. Now, let me tell you guys, truthfully, women have these same problems, but what we have found is that women are often the ones that seek help. Mm. Um, just if you look, it, just looking at my podcast statistics, yeah. the majority of the listeners are women. There's also data that shows that women are the ones that buy the majority of self-help books. Women are typically searching for answers and searching for growth and betterment. And men, um, not that they don't want to, but I don't think they have to. And because of that, they kind of just sometimes could be static. But can you talk to or speak to specifically men who may not have role models in marriage and how that may affect them and and maybe speak to their fears and and how they can overcome that i don't know i'm just gonna lob it to you and kind of let you just just general yeah fill in the gaps messy lob (laughs) i have to like stick my hand in and decipher don't do me like that you did me like that what you mean it's okay it's okay I got you, you you babe. good babe you, you could you. you could pick it up quick no but um so no i mean it's a tragedy it is i'm not gonna say anything that you don't already know like Men, what no say say all the things we need to know <laughs> no I'm, from the horse's mouth i think that's legit i think that's what's killing our generation oh wow honestly i'm not just saying that the fact that men are growing up a little to no example mm. of how to be the kind of father that we need to be, the kind of father that we need now, like the kind of father that creates culture for his household, uh-huh. right? Rather than just providing the money, the kind of father that is concerned with their kids' uh, spirituality, their wife's spirituality, the kind of father that's looking into building gifts. And right? husband. And husband, right? Yeah. The kind of father that is... um sacrificial Mm. right like jesus christ loved the church that kind of father that's willing to sacrifice like put themselves last Mm. right and put the needs of other people like not just financially like time give their time give their effort but how are they supposed to do that if they've never seen that's what i'm saying like it's it's such a complicated role to to walk yeah to walk as a father and i'm learning more about this each and every single day and as a husband you in full daddy mode right now. Man, because <laughs> I guess, you know, married 10 years, the husband thing is... It's what? No, having conversations about the challenges of being a husband is like, it's kind of died down now. For you? Yeah, it's a little died down but now. But speak, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Speak what you know, the wisdom you have. Speak it to others. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, um, so I didn't have an example yeah. um, in the house of what a good husband's supposed to look like. So I didn't know how to care for a woman or even put the needs of someone else before my own. Mm. Right. I grew up with my twin sister. We're the same age. I didn't have like a, a younger brother or sister to look after. Yeah. Me being the only male, you know, I was fed, you know, people cooked for me. They washed my clothes. They did stuff like that. So, I mean, when I got older, I was learning to cook and things like that. But 
I was kind of put into the mindset that I would have a wife that would come along and do these things for me. Yeah. Right. And I would just be served. And so that was my idea of being a husband. So it's not until I got a rude reality check from my wife who was vocal, who's independent, who's not going to let someone just dominate over her. She spoke to me and let me know, hey, I don't feel like you're a partner. I don't feel like I can trust you. And it's because of the love that you have for me that I felt mm-hmm. that let me say, okay, let me look into this. It was extremely difficult. I was thrown off guard, but a little part of me said, man, I think she's telling the truth mm-hmm. because I just didn't feel like I was prepared enough to be a husband. So like if I had to rate myself, I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm functioning at a hundred percent. So let me look into it. And because you were so sensitive when you said it, you know, I know we talk a lot about men and their egos, but it's it's true, right? You catch more flies with honey. I'm just yeah. being real. Yeah. So you were so sensitive about it and you were being like, just letting your heart flow. So I said, let me look into this. And when I did, I realized like I was not holding my weight. I was like telling myself like I'm helping you with the house or I'm helping you with, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I'm helping. You, you were just helping me. I'm just helping you. Yeah, yeah. You're not a part of I'm this. I'm not a part of this. Like I don't live here. <laughs> And consume water and, yeah. and run up the electricity bill. Yeah. So when I found out I had that great deficit, that's when mm. I had to start looking for exposure and examples that wow. I can use today because I can't like just try to remember in my mind like, oh, I remember that guy back in my church, how he did things. I can't do things the way he did it. That's not going to help me. So So you allowed yourself to be vulnerable. Like you allow, you basically, you said you were honest with yourself because you had to... Um, acknowledge the deficit that you had. Yeah. And if if you didn't do that, and if you weren't honest, then you wouldn't even have room to grow. No, for sure. Definitely. I mean, honestly, that wasn't the first time you spoke to me about something along those lines, but I just kind of tuned you out because I didn't want to be vulnerable. I wasn't ready to be vulnerable, which is unfortunate because at that point, we were married for years at that point, Mm -hmm. and I still wasn't even vulnerable. Yeah. You know, with you, much less myself. But I think at that time when you spoke to me, it was just your vulnerability. You were vulnerable first, honestly. That's what led me to be vulnerable. You kind of opened up that space. Yeah. So I was like, if you finna be real, I'm going to be real. Because you had to be real to say that to my face. Mm. To tell me like, uh-huh, I don't think you're a partner. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think I could trust you to have a kid with you. I was like, what? <laughs> but, you know, it got me thinking for sure, yeah. to say the least. So I had to feel that deficit. You know, I had to try to find examples of... What is it like for a man to love a woman mm. and treat her right? It's not just buying her things. Because yeah. I remember at that time I was buying you things. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. And you're not, and that's not even your love language. No. So I had to learn that. Like, what's a love language? Yeah. And so I, a lot of the teachings I got was from this book called The Samurai Husband. Mm. So, yeah, I actually joined. Dropping the gyms. We yeah. like books on this episode, on oh, this podcast. The, we like books. That bibliotherapy. That bibliotherapy. It's a great book. You should pick it up. The Samurai Husband. Um, it was given to me by someone at our church. Yeah. They actually had a men's group and we actually read the book together. It uh-huh. was a whole bunch of husbands and we would share after we'd read each chapter, we'd talk about applying it. And this book said the craziest thing. It said the most radical thing I've ever heard. Remember, I'm coming from a a, a family home where the man is served, right? Yes. 100%. He's the king. He's the king. And he yeah. doesn't do any. By the way, my dad didn't work. Yeah. At least your dad was working. Yeah. So he felt like he earned that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, my dad was able to feel like he earned that without earning it. Wow. And he would say to himself, that's how much of a man he was. Wow. That he can earn something without earning it. Uh However, this book said 
you're supposed to do your duties to your wife 100% independent of what she does. So that means you give her 100% expecting zero in return because that's how Christ loved the church. Mm. And that was the first chapter. Yeah. That was like page one, first chapter. And I was just taken aback. Wow. I was like, wow, we're really, we're really <laughs> starting with that. 100%. Because before that, I was basing my responsibilities and the way I function based off of you and how you function. Mm. So the way you treat me is how I treat you. It's, it all depends on you. And I thought that was okay. It's like a give and a get. Like a flow. But there was like, ain't no more flow. 100%. No matter what. Okay, of course you're not gonna like tolerate disrespect or of whatever. Of course, yeah. But the book even said, you know, as went as far as to say, but if you're loving this woman 100, percent why would she want to disrespect you? Mm. You know what I mean? You're loving on her 100 percent like Christ did. So this stuff was difficult to put into practice, but I had a group of guys who were also putting it into practice. And of course, the main thing they were telling us is like, pray about it. When you feel like you can't do it, you're not supposed to be able to do it alone. So pray about it. So I was praying. My prayer life actually increased during that time. So I was just willing to just change. I was willing mm. to have someone influence me. Ooh, ooh, that's hard, dear. People, people don't like to change, dear. People no, don't like to change. Especially men, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> For sure. Even if we know we don't know 100%, we're like, ah, I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. No, but I, I wanted to change, though. Mm. I really did. I wanted to get to the bottom of this marriage thing and how to love a wife. Wow. Because I know I didn't know. Yeah. I knew. Right. I guess that was my privilege. Mm. You know, it's hard to look at a, a bad situation and, and find something good of it. From that situation, from watching my mom and my dad, I knew I knew nothing about marriage and love, loving a wife. I knew I couldn't pretend. Wow. So I was like, let me go get the knowledge. Right. Yeah. Right. A wise man knows that he knows nothing. So I knew at least I was like, I need to get information. So, yeah. So I walked that through. We finished the book and it, the book changed my life. Wow. 100%. Can I say, though, after that, I, I, I noticed the change almost immediately. Like, it, it, that, that season of our life completely, radically changed our relationship for the better. And I was just like, I was almost taken aback. Like, uh, what's happening? Like, I don't know what to do with this. But it was so good. And I think this is the first time I'm hearing you say that you really had to be vulnerable and honest with your deficit in order for you to learn the tools necessary for a healthy relationship. And I think that is like major key alert here. You know, if you're listening, like, you know, that's a tip in itself. We didn't even get to the tips yet, but that's a tip in itself. Being able to just be honest, radically honest with yourself and recognizing those deficits in order for you to um, move forward because you're going against the grain. And I would like to say for me specifically as a woman, what I realized is that I didn't know how to be a woman. Like I didn't have a role model of womanhood. Like, and, and guys, this is 10 years in, and this is me now still trying to figure out what womanhood means. Wow. And I remember my mom always telling me, I didn't have a mom. You have a mom. And just like your dad would say to you, like, oh, my dad was trash. So you have it better. Yeah. My mom was saying she had no mother at all no role model so the fact that she was there was a positive for me but the fact that she had no mother and no woman no woman to walk her through womanhood yeah, yeah. she could not walk me yeah. through womanhood so i think that just from being i mean before i even got to wife i didn't know how to be a woman 
And I think that was where my deficit was. So it's just like, I, I leaned, I think on my personality, on intellect, on like, you know, just who I am. And it kind of helped me kind of steer me through the way. Yeah. But it's, it's now as I'm continuing to marriage, guys, this is 10 years in, bro. The lessons don't stop. No. All right. It just keeps coming. And it's, it's now that I'm really leaning into um, my femininity. I'm leaning into like um, vulnerability and being soft, right? And being open, right? And, and, and standing tall as a woman using my voice. Yeah. Like all these different things that I'm just like now learning into what womanhood is. And now I'm learning it and literally trying to teach it at the same time because I have two daughters. Yes. Right? So it's like, it's, it's com it's complicated, <laughs> but I think that's where um, me lacking in a role model kind of affected our marriage. Like I did the best that I could with what I had, yes. but I see how I was holding back from you a part of myself because I hadn't, I didn't know that part of myself. Yes. Right. So you said you, you didn't know how to love a woman. I didn't know how to be fully woman to be fully wife. Okay. Right? Because I feel like now I'm adding that part of myself to our marriage. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree for sure. I think 10 years in, we're still learning. Um, I think you like to say healthy marriage starts with healthy individuals. Yeah. And so we're always growing as individuals. That's going to be reflected in our marriage. Facts. So, I mean, the more we can get in tune and key with ourselves, with our true selves, right, the richer our relationship will become. I love it. That was good, babe. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, to cap the episode, we are going to talk about um, how do you pursue marriage with no role, role models? Um, we're just going to give you four quick tips and kind of explain them a little bit. Um, but, you know, these, these are just the quick tips. <laughs> There's a lot more work to do. So if you're a person who may be thinking about marriage, right, and you didn't have role models or you had a negative experience, you know, but you are still curious about marriage, right? You haven't completely wrote off marriage. Then these tips might help you to lean in a little bit closer and to maybe think about getting married. Um, so the first tip is you have to be hyper vigilant because you're coming in at a deficit. Mm, okay. Right. So, and, and, and I'm so glad that you shared about your deficit and honesty because guys, let's just be honest. You just have to be honest with yourself. Yes. The fact that you are coming from either a negative experience or no experience whatsoever, right? Like maybe your parents weren't married. Maybe you were raised by a single parent, you know, or maybe you had like a negative experience like we did. You are coming in as a, on, a, on a deficit. Yeah. You have a non-example, but you have no tools in your toolbox to access building a marriage. If a marriage is a house and you got an empty toolbox, how are you going to build your marriage, right? Mm. So because of that deficit, you have to be um, hyper vigilant, which means that not, I'm, you know, I don't want you to be anxious or whatever, but that just means that you are in the mindset of, I have to be working i yes. have to be in the right mind i have to be aware i have yeah. to be all those different things you need those things in order for you to even get on the starting line yes because you're not on the starting line 
you're at negative five, negative yeah. 10, whatever. Yeah. Right. So you just need those basic knowledge, those basic tools, um, the wherewithal, the the diligence, the discipline to be like, you know what? This is what I need to keep. To yeah. Take initiative. Take initiative. Take initiative. There you go. For sure. Yeah. The second tip um, is have a positive outlook on marriage because it is possible. Sometimes because we have a negative experience in marriage, we may deem all marriage to be like that, right? So we, so let's say we saw, you saw your daddy cheating on your mom, yeah. right? You saw your daddy cheating on your mom and now you say, uh-uh, all niggas cheat <laughs> or all dudes cheat or all women cheat or whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the scenario is, you may think that it's impossible to be faithful in marriage because you never saw faith faithfulness in marriage right so it's important that if you are trying and striving for a healthy long-lasting relationship that you change your perspective you have to be able to let go of those negative examples and hope and see more positive examples you have to change your mind because if you're like junior said if you're focusing on well it's impossible to be faithful in marriage, then that's all you're going to be focusing on. That's what's, that's what you're, you're um, putting your energy towards instead of putting your energy towards how do I be faithful in marriage? Right. Instead of, Oh, marriage is deemed to be unfaithful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So the third tip that I have is don't live in a fantasy you have to ground yourself in reality so opposite to the person who may have a negative outlook on marriage sometimes if you don't have a view of marriage or you've never seen a marriage you fantasize about marriage so you may think that marriage is like the movies and like marriage is like the tv shows and it's like romantic and it's blissful and they're supposed to sweep you off your feet and you're supposed to you know you know bend in yourself no, <laughs> talk about you. I cannot relate. Um, no, no, no. But some people do. Yeah. Some people is like, well, I've never seen marriage before. I don't know what it looked like. But on the movies, this is how it looked like on For TV. Sure. You know, or the celebrities, this is what it looks like. For sure. So they think, oh or yeah, social media, social, social oh, media. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Social media, you know, kind of twists like what marriage is supposed to look like. So, but that's a fantasy. Because, yes, that's a part of marriage, the romance and the love and, you know, roses and butterflies and all that stuff. But there's a whole nother side of marriage called work. Hard work. Called discipline. Hard work. Called choosing, Mm -hmm. will, desire, you know, all those things. So it's important that you take yourself out of the fantasy. And this goes back to what Junior says, being honest, being aware and saying, well, what do I really think about marriage? And is those things based? Based in reality. So you have to take yourself out of the fantasy, base yourself, uh, ground yourself in reality in order for you to pursue pursue marriage with the full picture. Yes. Because what happens is when you go into marriage with a bubble of fantasy and that bubble get popped, you're like, oh, divorce me now. Yeah. Divorce me now because it's supposed to be roses and glitter. I didn't get no glitter. My roses are white. I wanted them to be red. Yeah. And now you're upset and you feel like you've been robbed. But what you did is set an expectation that was false. And now because the expectation is not met, you feel like you've been robbed and, you know, oh, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all, all this stuff. And you on your way to divorce. Yeah. No. So reality is key. Exactly. There's an offense there because your expectation wasn't met. And so you have one or two things. You have the other person trying to constantly meet your expectations. Mm. But if you're not based in reality, then you're insatiable. 
So you're always going to want more or bigger. You're going to want more. You'll never be satisfied. Yeah. Or you have the other person that you just turn off. You just burn out. Right? That person just becomes disgusted. Right? Because they realize that you're a black hole, a never-ending pit, and they just like, hey, I'm out. Yeah. But, you know, either way, it's not healthy. So to speak about, to kind of combine your points with my one of my points, you were saying earlier that like a person who has a deficit has to recognize that they have that deficit and ha- has to work hard in order to make up that deficit. Yeah. And you were saying stay in reality. Yes. Right? So my point would be to get exposed. So for those people who may not have had a great example of what it's like to love a woman, love a man, right? To be in a healthy relationship. Because, oh, there's lots of relationships. People have been in like 10 bad relationships before they get into one good one. Yeah. Right? And they're messing it up. You feel me? Because they don't know how to even sustain a good relationship. Yeah. Right? They think, oh, I'll just give that person whatever they want. Not under- not realizing that they need to speak up in order for the relationship to work or set boundaries, things like that. So I want you to get exposed. And listen, get exposed is as vague and as general as you need it to be. As long as it's a source of truth, right? Something that you... Uh, uh, can trust healthy healthy relationships yes <laughs> i gotta put that out there that could be a content creator mm. right that could be um black love that could be you know a book mm-hmm. right get exposed to what a healthy relationship should look like right there's so many resources available to you where you can actually fill that deficit right with truth yeah with yes, information yes. You, yes. you don't have to go and wander the world and try to piece it together yourself. Yeah. Right. Because I, what I've experienced is sometimes when people have a deficit, they want to be the curator of their own knowledge and like, mm. like be gatekeepers. And like, oh, I'm going to take this. I'm going to leave that and whatever like that. That takes way too long. <laughs> By the time you're done, you're 40 years old and gray. Mm. Right. You've only learned half of what you should have learned if you just opened yourself up to a source that you trust. Right. To, to get on the fast track. Right. Because like you said, it's a deficit. We're trying to build up as quickly as possible. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, get exposed. So I'm going to um, add some of those resources that he was talking about, um, getting help and getting educated. Um, The fact that you're listening to this podcast, that's already a step forward. There's also many other podcasts that, you know, speak about marriage, you know, as long as they're not spewing that toxic you know, relationship type of stuff. You know, we were talking about healthy relationships. Or self-righteous stuff because that sells to like hotcakes. Mm. People are like, you're right all the time. Your name is wrong. First, you know, your last name is wrong. First name never. <laughs> um, so um, you guys heard me talk about John Gottman. He has done the research. He has science-based principles on marriage, y'all. You can't get no better than that. This dude has spent years researching how marriages are successful, right? He has a book called The Seven, Seven uh, Principles of Marriage That Makes Marriage Work. Something like that. I, I, you know, everything will be in the show notes for sure. Brene Brown, she's not on marriage, but let me tell you something. If you want to explore your soul... <laughs> Okay. For your soul. If you want to explore your soul and if you want to get deep and aware of your emotions and all these different type of things, Brene Brown is your girl. All right. Um, also, Tim Keller, that's if you're Christian. He, he has more of a Christian perspective on marriage. He, he wrote the book, The Meaning of Marriage. And then we talked about the Black Love series, Black Love Doc series. Um, they have, I think, 
four five seasons um but yo it's literally just a whole bunch of couples talking about their stories talking about their um good their bad their ugly and how they made it work right and they even had a couple who got divorced who who took um the who did the interview and end up getting a divorce but still you can learn from people who get divorced too right you know so um and kirk franklin just started one oh no it's not kirk franklin is uh oh yeah kevin melissa uh, fredericks Uh they wrote a book marriage is hard um no marriage be hard and they interviewed kirk franklin they interviewed kirk franklin yeah yeah yeah. so um kevin fredericks and melissa fredericks or kev on stage y'all know him by kev on stage um so yeah so there's there's tons and tons and tons of resources out here h me but again all this will be in the show notes i'm going to try to put as many of resources as i as i can in the show notes as long as you are willing as long as you're open like junior said and honest and and realizing that deficit then there is tons and tons and tons of information for you to help you to move forward towards a healthy long-lasting relationship so to end that i just want to say thank you to my amazing husband okay for helping me out with this episode and um if you like what you're hearing be sure to rate the podcast if you like junior on this podcast be sure to tell him (laughs) no stop what you're doing right now go to your uh rating go to the rating section of this podcast and rate the podcast you know how does it have anything to do with me (laughs) what do you mean you just used me to get them to rate the podcast for you uh well you know end the show Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. Remember, all books, studies, or websites mentioned will be in the show notes. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening. See you again soon.